may well regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you're with us on the uh, program today. Obviously, uh, we're going to be talking about what happened in Boulder, Colorado, Monday afternoon. Ten people shot and killed at a King Super grocery store. A suspect is in custody. Uh, his name has been released by authorities, but I will not be using his name today. Uh, I can tell you that he is a, a 21-year-old individual uh, who lived in uh, Arveda or lives in Arveda, Colorado, which is a, a Denver suburb uh, located south of the uh, city of Boulder. Uh, we don't have a lot of information about the uh, suspect at this time. The uh, police chief said during a uh, press conference on Tuesday morning that uh, she was not aware of any prior contacts uh, with law enforcement uh, on the uh, part of this uh, 21-year-old suspect. Uh, Pete Williams of NBC News reporting that uh, the uh, family of the uh, suspect has uh, described him as uh, mentally uh, troubled, uh, in essence. Um, uh, according to uh, Pete Williams, again, speaking on MSNBC, so the suspect's family members uh, revealed that he, quote, suffered from fairly severe mental problems, paranoia, thought people were always chasing him. And uh, Williams as well reporting that there were no known records of encounters uh, between the suspect and uh, law enforcement, either in Boulder or Arveda. Now, the names of the 10 victims have also been released by the media, and I want to share those with you. 20-year-old Denny Strong, uh, 23-year-old Nevin Stanasic, 25-year-old Ricky Olds, 49-year-old Trelona Bartkowiak, 59-year-old Suzanne Fountain, 51-year-old Terry Liker, 61-year-old Kevin Mahoney, 62-year-old Lynn Murray, 65-year-old Jody Waters, and 51-year-old Boulder police officer Eric Talley, who joined the force in 2010. Those are the victims in the shooting on Monday. Obviously, the uh, gun control community has already responded. In fact, before the names of the victims were even known, uh, we had our first calls for gun control. The uh, anti-gun media is launching uh, a uh, full-court press uh, to pass a gun ban. We uh, have heard, um, although it has not officially been confirmed, that uh, the suspect in this case uh, was using what the uh, Boulder police chief referred to as a patrol rifle. And uh, many uh, media outlets have seized on the fact that back in 2018, the city of Boulder passed a, a local gun ban ordinance. So those who uh, possessed a modern sporting rifle and lived in the city of Boulder were required to get rid of those guns or register those guns with the city's police department. Very, very similar on a local level to the uh, gun ban plan advanced by uh, then-candidate uh, Joe Biden. Now, a couple of weeks ago, that ban was struck down in Boulder by a uh, Colorado state judge who determined that Boulder's gun ban violated state firearms preemption law. Uh, in other words, uh, the state legislature in Colorado uh, has said, look, we're going to have a uniform set of gun laws across the state. We're going to be the body to set those gun control laws. Municipalities like Boulder uh, cannot pass their own more restrictive gun control measures that go beyond state law. 
city of Boulder had not yet announced whether or not it was going to appeal that decision uh, at the time of the shooting. But of course, now there are many calls for a statewide uh, gun ban. The um, independent paper Westward in uh, Denver with a uh, headline, How the NRA Helped Make King Super's Shooter's Assault Rifle Legal, uh, noting that the uh, National Rifle Association had supported that lawsuit. Uh, there are actually two different lawsuits uh, filed against the city of Boulder after, uh, Boulder after its gun ban. Uh, the one that the uh, judge actually ruled on uh, 10 days ago uh, was a uh, legal argument that rested again on, on Boulder's gun ban being a violation of the state's fire and preemption law. So it was not actually a Second Amendment challenge uh, to the city of Boulder's gun ban. There was a separate lawsuit filed in federal court uh, challenging the gun ban on Second Amendment grounds, but the federal court had basically held off uh, in its decision to say, well, we want to see what the state Supreme Court does here uh, with the, uh, the other lawsuit. So we had not had a resolution uh, in the federal lawsuit. But I want to quote, if I can, just a little bit uh, from this Westward piece. They say, Authorities have not revealed when the King, shooters, or King Super's shooter obtained his patrol rifle, whether it was during the period when Boulder's ban was in effect or if he bought it during the 10 days after the ban was lifted. Uh, but there is no question that when he was using that firearm to take so many lives, such a weapon was legal to possess in Boulder. Well, again, according to authorities, this suspect didn't live in Boulder. And so the gun ban, which again required either uh, a residence of Boulder to uh, get rid of their guns or register them uh, with the uh, local police department, uh, would not have applied to that suspect if he was living in Arveda. Uh, now, the Boulder gun ban may have uh, also prevented, on paper anyway, or forbidden, let's say, let's say forbidden, not prevented, uh, could have forbidden semi-automatic rifles being brought inside the city limits. But again, are we supposed to really believe that somebody with murderous intent would have decided, well, I, I can't bring my gun into Boulder. It's against the law. So I'm not going to go take innocent human lives, which, by the way, also against the law. That defies credulity to think that a, a, a gun ban on paper uh, would have prevented this individual from acting out and taking 10 innocent human lives, uh, which is what happened on Monday afternoon. So, again, the, the attacks uh, by gun control advocates uh, on our right to keep our arms using this horrific event uh, as their excuse have already begun uh, and are likely only going to get worse. Uh, we have a couple of pieces up at Bearing Arms right now about the uh, Democrats on Capitol Hill who are pushing uh, Joe Biden uh, to act at the federal level uh, to uh, at least introduce his gun ban bill, which has yet to be introduced in Congress. We have uh, a gun ban that's been introduced by Senator Dianne Feinstein, but it is not uh, the, uh, the ban that Joe Biden talked about on the campaign trail uh, under Joe Biden's proposed gun ban. The uh, millions of Americans. Uh, who own the more than 20 million modern sporting rifles in civilian hands, would be told you either have to hand them over to the government in exchange for some cash stipend, or you would have to register those firearms under the National Firearms Act, 
uh, let the federal government know that you have these guns. And once you let the federal government know that you have these guns, we promise that we'll let you keep them forevermore. Uh, that gun ban proposal by Joe Biden does not have accompanying legislation in Congress right now. That could change in the very near future. Uh, CNN also reporting today that uh, gun control activists pressing Biden to go ahead and issue executive actions on firearms, which uh, Biden, again, had pledged to do as a candidate. But we've not yet seen this in the first couple of months uh, of his presidency. What are areas uh, where Biden could act uh, via executive action? Well, one of the, uh, the things that folks have been talking about uh, is a, a requirement that uh, supposedly they say Biden could do via executive order. I'm not sure about this, but uh, that would require background checks be conducted on the sales of unfinished uh, frames and receivers. Uh, uh, the uh, 80% lowers, 80% frames. Gun control activists call them ghost guns. Uh, because they are not firearms, as defined under federal law, a background check is not required to purchase one. Uh, because they're not completed firearms. So you can buy one, you can uh, complete it and assemble a firearm yourself uh, as allowed under federal law. Gun control activists want to change that. Uh, but gun control activists have also asked, and Joe Biden actually said that he would do this uh, as a candidate, that he would ban the importation of so-called assault weapons. Uh, and this is something that uh, Joe Biden has not done in his first couple of months in office. But there is precedent for this. Back in 1989, then-President George H.W. Bush imposed a ban on the importation of dozens of models of semi-automatic rifles uh, by name, uh, making that ban permanent in uh, July of 1989. So there is precedent for Biden to act in banning the importation of modern sporting rifles. Now, this would uh, likely have... The, the opposite effect of what gun control activists are intending. Um, it would not dramatically curtail the availability of these firearms, but it would, I believe, uh, dramatically increase the demand uh, for these firearms as uh, the Biden administration tries to move against the most commonly sold center fire rifle in America. Now, is that going to be enough to prevent uh, Joe Biden from uh, enacting such an executive order? I, I doubt it. Uh, I think there is a, a lot of pressure on Biden to do, quote-unquote, something. Uh, and executive actions would appear to be the uh, easiest thing for him to do. But obviously, we are still paying very close attention to what's going on on Capitol Hill. You know, we had the passage of H.R. 8, H.R. 1446, out of the House a couple of weeks ago. Uh, a Senate Judiciary Subcommittee holding hearings today, chaired by Richard Blumenthal, on the issue of gun control that was already scheduled to take place. Uh, they're not going to be uh, marking up or voting on those gun control bills, but uh, Senator Blumenthal and other gun control activists uh, in the Senate uh, most definitely using that committee hearing as an opportunity to call for more restrictions, including uh, bans on modern sporting rifles. So we are obviously following uh, what's going on in Washington, D.C. very closely, but uh, our hearts and our minds are centered on Boulder today. Uh, and those families who are grieving, the lives that were lost, cut short uh, by the act of a murderous killer. And in the days ahead, we're going to learn more about uh, this suspect, uh, his potential motivations. Uh, we are going to hear a lot of talk about why we need to enact sweeping gun control laws. We're not going to hear a lot of talk 
about the gun control laws that are already on the books in Colorado, as a matter of fact. Uh, in fact, I, I don't think we'll hear much talk about that at all. But it is worth noting that back in 2013, after the Aurora Theater shooting in Aurora, Colorado, lawmakers passed a magazine ban that uh, limited magazine capacity to uh, 20 rounds in the state of Colorado. They passed a universal background check bill requiring all private transfers of firearms to go through a background check. And in the years since, they have continued to pass new gun restrictions on legal gun owners, including most recently an uh, extreme risk protection order law, a red flag firearm seizure law that in Colorado allows for law enforcement and family members to petition the courts uh, to have firearms temporarily seized uh, from individuals who a court would deem to be a danger to themselves or others. Now, again, we're very, very early on in the law enforcement investigation, but there is uh, no indication that uh, a red flag law was ever uh, invoked against this suspect, despite uh, Pete Williams, again, of NBC News, saying that uh, family members described the suspect as somebody with severe mental issues, uh, including uh, paranoia and the belief that uh, others were out to get him. Uh, we don't know about this individual's uh, mental health history. Again, according to law enforcement, no known contacts. Uh, so from a criminal perspective, this individual might not have been prohibited by law from purchasing a firearm. But uh, if he was ever adjudicated uh, as a mental defective, if he was ever uh, involuntarily uh, committed to a psychiatric facility, uh, then he would have been uh, forbidden uh, by law from possessing a firearm. One other interesting thing to note about the gun control laws that have been on the books in Colorado for nearly a decade now, this is a uh, headline from earlier this year, Colorado's violent and property crimes spiked in 2020. Now look, that's not unusual. 2020 saw a uh, crime spike in a lot of cities around the country. But here's a story from 2019. For the fifth straight year, Colorado has seen an increase in violent crime, according to a report from the Colorado Bureau of Investigation released Wednesday. Uh, a 7.95% uh, increase in the category of violent crime in 2018 compared to 2017, with more than half of last year's violent crime reports falling into the category of aggravated assault, according to the report. Every year since those gun control laws were put on the books in Colorado back in 2013, the state's violent crime rate has actually gone up. It hasn't gone down. Then Governor John Hickenlooper, when he signed the uh, magazine ban, when he signed the background check bill into law in 2013, swore that they would make the state a safer place, that violent crime was going to go down. The opposite actually happened. Violent crime increased dramatically across the state. In fact, in the first five years after those gun control laws were put into effect, violent crime increased by more than 25% across the state of Colorado at a time in which violent crime was declining throughout much of the country. Now, I realize that these facts uh, are inconvenient to gun control advocates, which is one reason why they're not going to talk about the existing laws that are already on the books in Colorado. But as we, again, talk about the supposed need for more gun control legislation, the efficacy of these gun control proposals, we need to talk about what actually happens when gun control advocates get their way, as was the case in Colorado in 2013 and in the years since.
We are obviously going to continue to follow the uh, situation in Boulder very, very closely, as well as the uh, developments on Capitol Hill. But that is what we know as of right now. And uh, we will have more for you on the uh, upcoming edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Uh, I do want to turn our attention to today's armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, our recidivist report. In fact, uh, let's start there. Headline from uh, the uh, current Argus in Carlsbad, New Mexico. Probation given to man who shot at two women. Yes, he actually shot at them and received nothing more than probation as a result. The uh, current Argus reports 32-year-old Stuart Dollar pleaded guilty to aggravated assault with a deadly weapon against a household member aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, interference with communications, DWI, negligent use of a deadly weapon, no proof of insurance, evidence of registration, and driving while his license was suspended and received probation as a result. It was uh, June 4th of last year. Dollar was allegedly intoxicated when he pulled up at a home in Carlsbad, demanded money owed to him by a woman at the residence. He uh, did not get the cash that he was seeking. He left. He came back a short time later. And after a verbal argument, pointed the gun at two women and fired a shot, missing both of them. According to the criminal complaint, he then grabbed a phone from one of the women as she was calling police. He tossed it. He was later arrested by police after he allegedly gave officers a false name. But a judge suspended prison sentences for Mr. Dollar back on March the 1st. And uh, Stuart Dollar was given credit for time served on his probation sentence as well. Why? We don't know. We don't know. All we know is that somebody who fired a shot at two women in New Mexico not going to do uh, any time behind bars as a result of his crime. Today's armed citizen story from Denver, Colorado, where over the weekend a homeowner shot and killed an intruder. This was on Saturday, according to the Denver Post. Happened uh, Saturday night about 9.15 in the evening in the 2200 block of Lafayette Street. Uh, Denver police spokesman Tyrone Campbell could not say on Sunday why the man was considered an intruder or whether or not he was uh, outside the home uh, when he was shot. Said he couldn't uh, uh, provide any additional details on the circumstances of the shooting. Uh, the Denver District Attorney's Office say uh, that they'll determine whether or not criminal charges are warranted. Uh, but again, if this individual was an intruder... Uh, there in that home, uh, it sure sounds like this was a case of self-defense. Uh, we'll give you more details uh, as they become available as well. And finally today, our good deed of the day from Mount Airy, North Carolina. The uh, uh, that, that was the town that was supposed to be the, uh, the inspiration for the Andy Griffith show. So I always have this like small-town America vibe when I think about uh, Mount Airy, North Carolina. And this is definitely a, a small-town paper story. A uh, local high school student saves a life. Delia Chavez, who is a uh, JROTC commander, known as an outstanding artist, a dedicated student, and a, a leader of the JROTC Color Guard, uh, recently recognized as a lifesaver for uh, her actions back on October 9th of last year when she saved her nephew's life. Uh, Mount Airy News reports she was 
babysitting her 18-month-old nephew, Noah Cortez, when he woke up from a nap, choking. Uh, it was obvious to Delia that Noah was struggling to breathe. She called 911. She explained what was going on to the uh, dispatcher there. Uh, as she's on the phone with the dispatcher, Noah actually stopped breathing entirely. And the dispatcher told Delia to begin CPR. She had received CPR training as a freshman in high school, and she began to administer CPR to her nephew, uh, forcing uh, Noah to vomit. When he began to cry, she knew that his airway was no longer obstructed. Uh, shortly after he began to breathe, a, uh, a paramedic uh, showed up along with uh, EMTs, and an ambulance uh, arrived at the home. Uh, the medical team, praising Delia's efforts, told her that her quick actions saved her nephew's life. They uh, ended up taking Noah to the hospital as a precaution, but he is fine. And uh, recently, Dale Harold and uh, Justin Gerald of the Surrey County Emergency Services presented Delia with the Surrey County Citizen Life Saver Certificate. The Air Force, recognizing Delia's heroism as well, presenting her with an Air Force JROTC Silver Valor Award for a selfless act of heroism. One of her uh, JROTC instructors, Master Sergeant Greg McCormick, says that the uh, Silver Valor Award is the second highest ribbon that an Air Force JROTC cadet can earn, one that is rarely awarded. He says it has been an honor to see Delia grow into a great leader and a hero. So in the right place, at the right time, whether and able to do the right thing, Delia Chavez, Mount Airy, North Carolina, we thank you for your very good deed. That is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I uh, do want to encourage you, though, to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day. We will have more updates uh, out of Boulder, Colorado, as well as Washington, D.C., the reaction to the shooting uh, from uh, uh, politicians who, again, are already seeking to uh, turn this tragedy uh, into political gain uh, and advancing the uh, anti-gun agenda in Congress. So, uh, again, make sure that you are following along at BearingArms.com. Uh, also, don't forget, you can subscribe to Town Hall Media on YouTube. That way you'll never miss one of these programs. Or if you watch on Rumble, just subscribe to Bearing Arms Cam and Company. If you like the podcast version, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and the TownHall.com podcast page, you can find us there as well. We'll be back tomorrow with the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. Thanks for being a part of the program today. Keep the uh, community of Boulder in your thoughts and your prayers. And until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free.